Chapter 38, Cassie. Is that... Yeah, I think so, I said. Oh my god. A long way from God, I muttered. Adolf Hitler, the most evil man in a long history of evil men. Tobias was up. He moved like lightning. The squat man with the funny mustache was jerked back, yanked around and pinned against Tobias's Horkbyshire body. Tobias's wrist blade was at his throat. No! I yelled. The soldiers dropped cigarettes and canteens, swung around, and leveled their guns at Tobias. You know who this is? You know what he is? No, and neither do you. Look at him. He's like some old corporal or something. He's Hitler. He dies. End of story. Tobias said grimly. Hitler was frozen with fear, trembling with a horgmajeur blade pressed against his jugular. Tobias, it's all different, I said. Visser Ford changed it, all of it. No one is where they should be, doing what they did in our reality. We don't even know if these guys are the bad guys or the good guys in this reality. He's still Hitler, Tobias said. Is he? I don't know. Jake, in that other reality, the reality that comes from all of this, was Jake still Jake? Was Marco still Marco? You've got to be kidding! You're going to compare Jake to this walking piece of scum? He's not evil for who he is. No one is. You can't be evil for being someone. It's what you do. And this guy's just a driver. From behind us, a new and sudden sound. The first tanks were firing down on the beach. Tobias, you can't do this, I said. You can't execute someone for what he might have done, or even what he might do. Release my driver, please, the German captain said tersely to Tobias. Visser Ford leapt, shackled hands outstretched for the time matrix. I bounded after him. He took three steps. I took two. I clamped my jaws on his leg. The captain fired, point-blank, at Tobias. Tobias jerked in reflex, his wrist blade cut deep. The driver, Hitler, fell to the ground. Visser Four rolled with me on top of him, rolled over, pulling me with him into a shallow ditch. And overhead, I saw the surreal vision of a bald eagle, six feet from wingtip to wingtip. Chapter 39 Rachel. Axe and Marco were down, but not for long. They fluttered up out of the sand, fluffing their feathers, all damage repaired. It was true. We could not be killed. The same was not true of the soldiers. Two lay crying in pain. The others were silent. I swooped down to land beside my friends. 
I suppose he must have looked like vultures arriving at the scene of death. I closed my right talon around a grenade. I lifted it experimentally. It was heavy. Not as heavy as a salmon, though. I would be able to fly with it. Marco and Axe each tried to lift one as well, but they were much smaller birds. One is all it will take, I said. Or at least one at a time. I grabbed the grenade firmly and began to fly. Taking off was hard. Not impossible, but hard. I scooted across the bloody sand, flapped hard, turned into the breeze, and still barely became airborne. But once I had the wind beneath my wings, once I had clearance, I soared. The breeze lifted me up, above the dead, above the beach of slaughter, out of line of the whizzing bullets, too high for the shattering explosions of artillery. Up I rose, up and up, over the bluff. The first tanks were lining up, depressing their main guns to fire downward. Forget them, Marco advised. We need to block the road. Keep the others from coming up. Thank you, General, I said laughing. I think I got it. Just need to pull the pin. Not too early, Marco pointed out. How do we pull it? Axe said, I can reverse direction. If I come back toward you and catch the pin in my talons, I believe the combined momentum will be sufficient to remove it. Good plan, I said. I turned into a tight circle, one wing low, the other high, tail spread wide to give me all the lift I could get. Axe's hairier body flapped away, twenty, forty yards ahead of my flight path. This looks good, I said. Rachel, how do you know how long that thing is fused for? Marco demanded. You could blow yourself up! <laughs> I laughed. We're immortal, Marco. Jake was the death. We can't be killed. That's not a bullet. It's a grenade. If it blows, there won't be enough of you left to put back together. Axe turned back, flying straight for me. I flew straight for him. I held the grenade as low and far from my body as I could. I twisted it carefully, bringing the round ring out and forward. Just grab the ring, Axe. Just grab the magic ring. The distance closed with shocking speed. The Harrier, the Eagle, racing toward collision. Closer. Closer. Axe went over on his back, reached, a sharp yank against my talons and a loud pop. The grenade top dropped away. I glanced back and saw the ring and pin hanging from Axe's talon. I looked ahead. A tank rolling past Cassie. I had perhaps three seconds. I was giddy, filled with wild joy. I wanted to scream and laugh all at once. Maybe I did, because as if from far off, I heard Marco say, She's crazy, Axe Man. Look at her. She loves this stuff. I looked toward my target. The hatch was open. The young, cocky soldier was shoulders up and out of the armored safety. He was turning a swivel machine gun toward the side of the road, aiming at... Only then did I realize that Tobias had grabbed a German soldier, that he was holding him and... A sudden rush of movement. Visser 4. Cassie. An officer firing. Blood sprayed from the throat of Tobias's hostage. The tank man's finger tightened on the trigger of the machine gun. 
I saw it all, every detail, every nuance of movement, as though it were inches, not feet, away. The hatch. The trigger. I released the grenade. Chapter 40 Tobias Bullets hit me in the face. I staggered back. I felt my wrist blade cut. Cut deep. A flash of movement overhead. I was still hawk in my mind, and I knew that movement intimately well. An eagle! Flying low and slow. Dropping... A muffled explosion. The German officer jerked in surprise. Then, the ammunition inside the tank caught fire. Flame shot from the tank hatch. Flame shot from the tank's gun barrel. It stopped moving. Flames erupted from the engine in the rear. I climbed to my feet. A flash of Cassie with her jaws on Visser 4, holding him as he stretched futilely to reach the time matrix. And then, a second explosion. The tank's turret blew off. It twisted once in the air and landed. It took a split second. Time enough for a wolf to react, to jerk back. Not time enough for a human. Or a yerk. The turret landed. It crushed Visser 4 from the waist down. The driver, the man who would, in another timeline, have been the most evil creature in human history, lay dead. Soldiers lay dead or wounded, slammed by the explosions. Rachel came circling down through the smoke. She landed on a dead tree branch. I expected her to be exultant. She wasn't. She said nothing. Marco and Axe landed seconds behind Rachel. We were almost alone, the five of us. Alive. Uninjured. Surrounded by death and destruction of our own making. The wounded moaned. Cassie began to demorph. As soon as she had hands, she went to the wounded soldiers. One French, one German. You'll be okay, she told the French soldier. It's not that bad. She ripped a few strips of the man's uniform grabbed a stick, and made a tourniquet. The other man, the German, died before she could even offer comfort. Humans? Visserfor gasped, seeing Cassie. Humans, all this time. Th that guy, that dead guy, the one with his throat all... He looks like... Marco stammered. He is, Cassie replied. Or was, or wasn't. I don't know. These guys aren't wearing swastikas or anything? Rachel said. There was blood all over my arm. I began to demorph. It was the only way to remove the blood from my Horkbyshire blades. It's all different, I said. It's D-Day, but it's not. But these are the bad guys, right? Rachel demanded. I mean, these are the bad guys, right? Right? I don't know, Rachel. French and German allied? Here there's some ordinary old soldier? This isn't the way it was, Marco said. This is messed up, man. The Germans conquered the French, and then the British and Americans invaded on D-Day. There are no Americans, I said. There never was a United States, and Adolf Hitler was just an old man driving a jeep. It is we who have now altered history. Axe said. 
in ways we cannot comprehend. I slipped out of my Hork-Bajir body. The blades gave way to feathers. The T-Rex talons became my own, smaller talons. I shrank and shrank, and the bloodstains dripped away as they found less and less to cling to. The Time Matrix, Axe said. We have it now. He was already halfway back into his own Andalite form. My own Hawkeyes returned, so superior to the hork vision. I turned my gaze on Visser 4. The head moved. He was still alive. Then I saw a smaller movement. I fluttered my wings and hopped over. I darted my beak down and snapped up the gray slug that was crawling down the doomed man's cheek. The Yurk, I said. The others came over. Cassie was human. Rachel, mostly so. Marco as well. Just kids now. In a ditch. Behind a burning tank. Surrounded by bodies. What should I do with him? I asked. Marco held out his hand. He took the yerk. We can't let him get a new host. Can't take him back to our own time. He knows now that we're humans. We leave him here. He dies slowly of conjona starvation. They say it's a horrible way to die, Cassie said. Marco held the yerk out to Axe. No, the Andalite said. I have enough to answer for. Axe looked at Rachel, then looked away. No, Rachel said as Marco offered the yerk to her. Not me either, I said. I see, Marco said, nodding slightly. No one's anxious to add another stain on their conscience. Everyone's had enough? He flipped the yerk almost casually through the air, threw it into the flaming hulk of the tank. Starve or burn, Marco said, trying in vain to sound tough and indifferent. His only choice. This is quicker. We have to end this, Rachel said, sounding sad and sick. No, not yet, Cassie said. There's still the Time Matrix, and there's still Jake. How do we do it? I wondered. Go back to each place we went and... We need to cut the chain of causality early, Axe said. If we can stop this controller from finding the Time Matrix in the first instance. No one said anything. We stood listening to the massacre on the beach. The roar of tanks trying to force a path around the far side of the burned-out hulk. Good guys or bad? Had we turned the battle for better or worse? My turn, I guess, Cassie said softly. I guess none of us will get through this without some terrible sin. This will be mine. What are you going to do? I asked her. She walked over to the former controller. Now, just a human being. What's your name? I... Someone told us, but I've forgotten it. Who are you? Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, I am running a bit behind today, tonight, because I spent all afternoon building a coffee table instead of editing, so I'm trying to get through these end-of-show notes uh, at a little bit of a faster pace so I can go back to finishing editing, so I can go cook dinner and all of that. I'm very unemployed right now. If I've sent you a resume, please call me back. I need a job. <laughs> but in the meantime, I have some lovely messages, um, starting with one from uh, my website. That's theapocalypse.com. The apocalypse, like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. 
Uh, this is from Blue Newton, who writes in saying, I wanted to say a big ol' thank you. When I was a kid, I wanted to read books. But when I carried them around in elementary, uh, to read these books, I think. But when I carried them around in elementary and middle school, people made comments about the weird covers. That led me to stop reading them. Uh, then parentheses, I shouldn't have, though, for obvious reasons. I stumbled upon your podcast about three years ago when I was looking for a reading of the books that was one free, two continued past book two, three made frequent updates, four had great voices for the characters. You hit all of those. Your podcast has been great, uh, has been with me many times. Uh, there's, sorry, <laughs> I'm that one again. Your podcast has been with me many times, there to always entertain and never disappoint. I am a marine biologist and your podcast gets me through rough work days. You can successfully say that you have had your podcast listened to at 102 feet in the Atlantic Ocean. Special waterproof earbuds for scuba diving, which I use during field work. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for writing in, Blue. That's uh, very cool to know that my podcast has been listened to at 102 feet uh, down the Atlantic. That's quite deep. That's quite impressive. Uh, I also didn't know they made specialized earbuds uh, for that. I guess that makes sense. I've never really thought about it. And uh, I guess, like, you can't talk to people underwater anyway, so, like, your ears aren't doing anything. So, great time to listen to a podcast. Uh, very neat. Um, thank you for writing in. And I'm sorry that uh, some offhanded comments uh, stopped you from reading these when you were younger. I certainly know the feeling of uh, something maybe not even meant in a, like, especially malicious way. But when you're, like, a self-conscious, uh, you know, like, tween, uh, it hits you and uh, like, really, like sort of deep way and changes the trajectory of your life. Um, um, I, I don't mean that in a, like, a depressing way, but in like these little ways, you know. Uh, sorry, I, I hope that didn't come off as sad because I didn't mean it that way. Um, thank you so much for writing in, Blue. Um, I also have a message from the Gmail. That's audiomorph, audiomorphscast at gmail.com. Uh, this one is anonymous. Uh, it reads, Hello, I can't tell you my name or where I live, we too, uh, we are too in fear of the Yerks. I will say this has been beautiful, and I so appreciate this. You have no idea. Keep it up, man. You're the bomb.com. Haven't heard the phrase bomb.com since 2008. <laughs> That's a throwback. Uh, shout out to you. Shout out to the bomb.com. Uh, I'm actually at theapocalypse.com. Oh, you see that? That organic plug right there? That's why they pay me the big bucks. Um, but thank you for your message. Um, I'm glad you're enjoying uh, our little production here. Finally, I have two from uh, Tumblr. That's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. Uh, the first coming from Wild K, who says, Thank you for laying out that mustachioed menace got his ideas from the red, white, and blue menace. Uh, this took me, uh, breaking out from this message, that, that sentence took me... Um, Longer than I think it should have to parse, um, because uh, Stalin also was known for having, like, a very prominent mustache. But I got there. You're talking about Hitler. I got it. Um, another point to bring up, R.E. Nazis. Oh, uh, you've written not uh, N-O-T-S-E-E-S um, to avoid the censors. This is, uh, Bessie, this is Tumblr. You don't have to do that here. You can say Nazi. And, and tell Nazis to kill themselves. We allow it. I think? I don't know. It's been a while since um, I've checked in on staff, but I, th I think we're still okay. Anyway, regardless, <laughs> Nazis is the only reason we got involved in uh, 
involved is Adolf decided to sink a handful of our commerce ships, and even then we ran bodyguard duty for the Brits, then Japan poked the bear. Uh, I firmly believe that if those instances hadn't happened that we, the U.S., wouldn't have joined. Uh, that's probably true. Uh, I mean, the U.S. was working very, very much on a uh, laissez-faire foreign policy at the time, and yeah, mostly got into the war because of rising uh, escalations between Japan and uh U.S. imperial interests in in Southeast Asia, um, but you know, <laughs> um, and then uh, ending with you're correct about Palestine. The caveat is that some of us are so downtrodden that it's hard to care. That's not right. Care is possible, but it's hard to do something about it at all. Question mark. And hey, I'm not here to um, dictate your life. I'm just a guy on the internet, uh, and I get that. Uh, you know, life is life and can be very busy. Um, but there are, uh, and you know, it's it's hard to donate money because you know it's hard to vet all the organizations. But um, there are resources out there. I'm sorry, I don't know any off the top of my head. But you know, even something as basic as the Red Cross is something as far as money. And then again, you know, I'm unemployed. I know money can be tight. Um, in which case, uh, I urge you, um, and once again, you don't have to take my advice, I'm just a guy online, um, but I'd urge you to at least, uh, then speak about it, uh, in a public forum, uh, show visible support is what I would say, because, uh, there is something, I think, to the idea of, uh, optics, and, um, if, if truly you have nothing else to give, you can give your vocal support, right, and in that way, at least... Um, add to the chorus of voices calling for a ceasefire uh, and calling for Palestinian liberation um, and condemning, uh, you know, the Israeli genocide <laughs> uh, they are committing uh, against Palestine. But um, again, just a dude. That's, a, that's it. Um, then uh, I'll follow up to that ask. Uh, one from Briar Moss says, your response at the end was extremely well-spoken and I appreciated it. Uh, thank you. Uh, I'm glad people did appreciate it. Uh, again, this is like not really my forum for uh, political speech, but if it's brought up, you know, um, I'll talk about it. So <laughs> if you want to hear more about that uh, and my politics, I guess you can send an ask. I've, I've listed all three ways. I've already done it. Uh, so listen back for the clues, and then you too will know how to do it. Um, you can also, I guess, tweet at me. Don't tweet at me. Um, I Don't tweet at me if you want to have a, like, a, a discussion about politics. Don't do that. Um, but tweet at me if you just want to say hi. Um, and also check that if I'm ever late. I'm, I know I'm technically late right now, I think. But um, I mean like late, late, like a day late. I'll have a reason uh, for why that's happening and when you can expect the episode. Other than that, uh, I don't think I have anything else to say. Um, and again, I'm trying to, you know, keep this snappy because I, I need to go cook food and be a human. Uh, so thank you all for listening. I believe this is the penult uh, penultimate episode, which means that we will be wrapping up Megamorphs number three, uh, Alfangor Secret, Secret Alf Alfangor. I don't actually remember what this is titled because um, all my files just listed as Megamorphs three. Um, I just go by book numbers. It's easier to organize. Um but whichever one this is, I think Alfangor Secret, uh, we'll be wrapping it up next week, uh, barring, you know, disastrous, catastrophic events in my life. And uh, then we'll be back to the mainline books. So thank you all for listening, and I'll see you next week for that finale.
My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>